Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and I'm here with two guests today. We have tons of information about CDK, the Cloud Development Kit, and everything came out of reInvent. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guests, I guess, in no in no particular order. So first, I have Danielle Cusera, who's a Senior Product Marketing Manager in AWS Marketing. And I have Adam Ruka, who's a Software Development Engineer uh, for AWS SDKs and Tools. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. All right. So I, I guess I'll start off with Danielle. So let's talk a little bit about your journey, what you do at AWS, what you're focused on, and uh, you know, kind of your career journey to here. I think you had some journalism before, some stuff with Bloomberg. Interesting uh, journey. Yeah. So uh, I'm a senior product marketing manager at AWS, and uh, I did start at Bloomberg News. Uh, it's kind of contradictory or not contradictory, but ironic or something like that. Um, <laughs> I started at Bloomberg covering finance, like the financial markets, uh, but I moved to San Francisco back in 2011 to cover technology. And oh, my beat, wow, right in the middle of it, yeah. Yeah, my, my beat was e-commerce, which meant that I actually covered Amazon. So yeah. that was kind of my first introduction to Amazon there. It's been a long journey you know, of tech in between now and then. I left journalism in 2014, and I've been at I a don't number blame you. What? <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, 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 lots of reasons for that. But um, yeah. you know, I've been in a number of uh, tech companies since then. Uh, in, in lots of different areas. So um, from data and analytics to sales enablement to uh, identity and access management. And yeah, I'm pretty new at AWS. I'm really excited to be here. And here I'm focusing on all things infrastructure as code. I love it. So our audience will probably be hearing more and more stuff uh, from you and the team <laughs> as far as this space goes. So so welcome. So. Uh, Adam, what, how was your journey at AWS? Where what uh, what brought you to CDK land? Yeah, so I've been at Amazon for more than six years now. Yeah, uh, time really wow. flies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I started actually in the retail side, so working for an organization called Amazon Business, which is focused right. more on business customers as compared to you know individual consumer customers. So there's a bunch of features that are kind of tailored towards companies uh, doing their purchases on Amazon.com. And I've been there for around two years. And then I moved to Seattle to work uh, for AWS uh, for actually a different infrastructure as code tool, which is an internal tool. And uh, that was early 2017. It was not the CDK team because actually, right. interestingly enough, the CDK did not exist yet at that point. Uh, the first kind of uh, start of the team was late 2017. And I kind of heard about it uh, a little bit through the grapevine, you know, uh, and I knew Alad uh, was kind of starting this project. And I got involved pretty early, yeah, because I, from the start, I was very impressed by uh, what this project was trying to accomplish. And I really like, you know, the philosophy. And I thought this could be really, really awesome. And uh, yeah, I was right. So yeah, I've been pretty much involved with CDK ever since. Wow, I love it. And what an opportunity to be there from the initial idea uh, to see it grow through the community, just seeing everything that's in the, in the GitHub repo. We, we had him on talking about those early days and just the idea of abstraction 
for everything. And that didn't exist, right? We had some cloud formation, but just the idea when in, in internal teams, and you and I talked a little bit about this uh, before the podcast started of like, what do we talk about internally and externally? And I think, you know, me sitting in DevTools, seeing that align more and more over the years, um, he did talk a little bit about those early days and the whole idea. And for me, as somebody who switched to AWS only 18 months ago, coming in and being like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm just sitting here in TypeScript, which I was there when TypeScript was created at uh, at Microsoft. I was I was doing all Visual Studio and C Sharp, and I'm like, this is so cool. I remember it was like Windows 8, and we needed we were we were looking at HTML5 and needed like a JavaScript language, but that was typed because everybody was using Visual Studio and TypeScript came out. I was like, wait a minute, this is all TypeScript, and it's like I literally have a construct for every single cloud thing I can imagine. Like this is just amazing. So thank you for all you're actually building this stuff. I'm just talking about it. So thank you for both of you uh, uh, coming on. So. Lots of cool reInvent stuff, things happening around reInvent. Danielle, why don't we start with you around introducing this Construct Hub? What is it? Why should developers care? What was the what was the whole idea behind it? Yeah, so Construct Hub is a place where developers can come and discover Construct libraries. Um, there are three different CDKs there. Um, but basically, to give you a little bit of background, we have a really engaged community yeah. of developers that they share construct libraries and we wanted to give people one clear place to find those and not just developers but uh partners uh different cloud service providers so really anybody can share anything on construct hub and i can talk about the process for that in a second um but it's a one-stop shop uh for uh, all cdks um and just to give you a little bit of background on CDKs, although many people might know what that is, but CDK is a cloud development kit that simplifies cloud application creation. So it allows developers to create cloud applications using their preferred provisioning engine, whether that's CloudFormation, Kubernetes, or Terraform, and then also using their preferred programming language. And many people are familiar with one of the CDKs, but you know there are actually multiple CDKs today, and we wanted to give people a way to access all of them. And so there's AWS CDK that synthesizes CloudFormation te templates, CDK uh, for Kubernetes, um, which synthesizes Kubernetes configuration files. And there's also CDK TF and that synthesizes Terraform configuration files. So I'll stop there, but that's the, that's the gist. Yeah, so, and we had one of our heroes in uh, DevTools Heroes, he's over at Terraform now. And it was like just this natural transition of doing things for CDK and then he's working on uh, Terraform too, just kind of seeing that community come together. So what is the scope of this? Like, did AWS just pull together a couple libraries or is this now when I go in there, there's a bunch of stuff? where there's hundreds of libraries? Is it open source? Is it just AWS stuff? Like, how does it come across uh, everything? What is the scope of this, this catalog? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's completely open source. Anyone can publish construct libraries on the Construct Hub. So you do it by publishing your library to NPM registry and Construct Hub will automatically harvest it, um, generate API references for the library and, and more. And so that's pretty cool. So it really, really is open source. Right now, there are more than 800 libraries on Construct Hub um, nice. you know, for all the provisioning engines that I mentioned. And they solve lots of different use cases. And so you, any developer can go there today and start searching. It's very searchable, easy to find. Uh, why we're, um, yep. Sorry to interrupt. No worries. What's the URL? I'll put it in the show notes, but I'm sure like somebody listening may want to click. Do you know the URL? Totally. It's constructs.dev. 
Okay, cool. So somebody listening, especially on the web player while they're at work can uh, kind of open that up. So walk me through the interface. If I go there, what are some, you were saying that can filter out different libraries? Yeah. Uh, can I do versioning? So I'll actually I'm go there. Now. I'm pulling it up now too. As we speak too. All right, so you'll land. Um, and the first thing you can do is start searching all of our construct libraries and you'll see there are more than 800 of them. Um, right. And then there's a, a little bit of introductory stuff, but you get to the meat when you scroll down. And so you can search by use case. You can see lots of use cases right on this page, monitoring, containers, serverless, right. deployment, website, security. A fun fact is that Construct Hub uh, is, was created with a construct, and it's a construct that is actually searchable on Construct Hub today. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah. Um, and uh, you can also search by publisher. And so you'll see a really easy place to do that right from the homepage as well. And uh, you can see that we've listed different publishers. So the community, um, which is really anybody who publishes Construct on NPM registry, AWS, and um, HashiCorp. And, and we'll be adding more here as we get feedback from you know, people who use it and as it grows. Right. I love how there's a couple things here immediately that just sits in my developer brain. One is that NPM uh, downloads. So it's pulling it straight from people that are actually pulling down the packages. Of course, you don't know uniques. It could be like me rebuilding machines every day, but it's it's cool that that's there. And then the GitHub repo is right here as well, it looks like. So that's super cool that I have the ability to click on different GitHub. Now that you mentioned something about documentation, which is the bane of all developers' existence. So when I'm adding this, you, you said something about we're going to go ahead and create the library, but then you're transliterating like, is it is it generating code samples and everything for me across languages where somebody like me, I'm probably going to be primarily in TypeScript. Is it going to create stuff for Python, Java, .NET, and all that goodness? Yes, that's exactly right. Um, nice. Yeah. And so that's what I'm seeing here. Yeah, and the best part is that the, the offer of the library probably only wrote examples in TypeScript because that's right, the main that language. Right. And then the rest of them are actually Construct Hub does the translation for you. So the Construct offer doesn't have to do any work. This just automatically appears on the page and you have samples in all of the supported languages. Wow. So like there's two questions that come to mind real quick. One is what does AWS do about um, like if it's a bad library or something that, you know, we find out maybe that uh, that could be something we don't want in our project. And two, how long does it take? Is there some kind of like certification process or is it immediately available for uh, people to start downloading? Is there's kind of a time period there if I want to get my library out? Yeah, so uh, everybody can provide feedback and they can also flag things that they, okay. you know, might have problems and, um, you know, we'll review those and we want to keep Construct Hub, you know, as legit as possible. But when people publish things to NPM registry, on Construct Hub, but I'm not 100% sure. That's like one of those nitty gritty questions I'm not as sure about, but Adam, you might know. I believe there might be a one day delay with the okay. ingestion, but it shouldn't be more okay. than uh, one day between when you publish your uh, library to, to all of the package managers, including NPM, and it should show up uh, the next day, the latest. Okay. Yeah. So like one to two days. And of course, you know, like any other technology, I know this is going to change over time. The CDK team is wicked awesome at listening to developer feedback and making things better. So I have no doubt that that process over time is going to continue to, to iterate. So this is awesome. Folks can check this out. 
let's talk about CDK V2. And, you know, this has been out on GitHub for, I feel like a while, uh, you know, getting developer feedback, waiting and waiting. Uh, and now it's out there. So let's just assume, I mean, because our audience is all over the place. Let's just assume somebody today has heard of CDK. Maybe they hit V1. Adam, why should I care about V2? What goodness is in store for me as a developer? Yep. So uh, while, you know, V2 is a major version bump of CDK, and usually when that happens, you have a lot of breaking changes between the versions. And right. The products look very differently. In the case of CDK, that's actually kind of not the case. They're very similar between the V1 and V2, and almost the exact same code works in the V1 as does in V2. So the, the major difference, the major reason that uh, we released V2 is the change in the packaging of the modules. So right. in CDK V1, uh, there is a split that's basically corresponding roughly one-to-one to, -one to AWS services and modules, right? So there is a separate module for AWS S3, right? There is a separate module for AWS EC2 and, you know, any other AWS service. And since we have a lot of AWS services, that means... Uh, V1 has more than 200 separate modules. And I have fact. to, I have to, I want to use this. I wanted to wait to use this, but as Werner said at reInvent, it's your fault we have all of these. Do you, do you see that? <laughs> <laughs> we built all these services for you. So yes, hundreds of services for what people ask for. Yeah, like like Werner says, you know, uh, building blocks, not frameworks, right? That's one of his right, uh, right, right. Yeah, I love that. Famous yeah. sayings. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was the situation in V1. Uh, and it seemed a good idea at the time, but unfortunately, with the hindsight uh, that we have today, that decision proved to be a little unfortunate uh, for a few reasons. The biggest one is that dependencies get very complicated. Uh, if you're a third-party construct library offers, like the offers of the libraries on Construct Hub. Right. So the fact that we have these 200 separate modules and... They depend, they have their dependencies on each other also in a pretty subtle ways because, you know, the S3 library, for example, uses the KMS library for uh, encrypting the bucket, right? Uh, and, you know, a lot of different libraries use the EC2 library because it contains the VPC construct, which is kind of a fundamental construct used for networking. And because of those interdependencies and the way CDK is kind of constructed that you can't really mix two versions of uh, CDK in the same application. You just, you just have to pick one. They can't right. really coexist with each other. And that caused a lot of friction for our third-party Construct library offers. And, you know, as Construct Hub kind of shows, the third-party construct library ecosystem is, is very important to the success of the CDK, right? It's very fundamental so that people can build upon the CDK and, you know, create their own abstractions that are kind of tailor-made to their specific use case or maybe to their company, you know, publish them and let other people consume them. Yeah, the so, whole idea, I, I love the whole idea of compositions. And, you know, I've been doing this advocacy gig, gosh, uh, 2006, what year is it? So 15 years, right? So I don't do real stuff anymore like you. 
I just do like hello world. But I can remember a time when I sat as a developer in a large enterprise and it was all about not reinventing the wheel and getting everyone across all of these different teams to reuse it. So the whole idea of a composition of like, this is how we're going to actually access our cloud uh, you know, resources was just huge to me. So the fact now that that has less dependency in it that I have to worry about as a developer is is huge. Like I'm 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 excited about this release. Thank you. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, composition is you know one of the cornerstones of the CDK, right? It really, yep. really it's what sets it apart from from other tools in this space. So the fact that you couldn't really compose the third party construct libraries that easily uh, was a real problem that we. We knew is a problem, and V2 is kind of our solution to that problem, right? So basically, in V2, you don't have the 200 separate modules anymore. You right. now have one single AWS CDK lib that contains all of them, and that allows the third-party construct library offers to just say, "I need AWS CDK lib at least in version, you know, 2.1.0," and then the the offer of the CDK application can choose any version they want as long as it satisfies that dependency, right? So it had, can be 2.1 or later, and everything will work uh, exactly as, uh, Got it. you know, very smoothly without any conflicts, any runtime problems, any dependency issues. So I have a, a couple questions pop in my mind. So like uh, when I'm sitting here, three, I would say three things. The first is when does stuff get deprecated? So if I've got L1 libraries today, what's my time frame that I have to worry about? Two, uh, what kind of size are we talking about now that we've moved from multiple libraries into a kind of a monolithic approach? Is that core library of V2 a small size? Have you given thought to that? And then three, uh, we, you know, we have AWS heroes that do this. Uh, shout out to Matthew Bonig and, and folks of every time there was a new feature in AWS. Uh, CDK, they would post about it on Twitter. So how are you all handling experimental features and those kind of updates that aren't part of this core? Great questions. Let's uh, get to them in turn. So yeah. as far as how, uh, what's the kind of vision for V1 now that V2 is uh, out and considered stable? So we are committed to maintaining both V1 and V2 fully for the next six months. So for at least the next six months, you are completely fine. Then after the six months, uh, it enter, V1 enters what we call a maintenance mode, which basically means it will only receive critical security fixes. So if there's a vulnerability found in one of the dependencies of the CDK, then we will update it but it will not receive the same features that V2 will receive. Uh, and then uh, in June of 2023 is when uh, CDK V1 reaches end of life support. So that's a year and a half roughly from now when we basically sunset V1 and will not provide uh, even the security vulnerability remediations at, at that point. That's and that's a lifetime in cloud. <laughs> I remember how fast yep. we were going through node versions in Lambda. Yeah, yeah and okay, so that's good. We we realized that you know this might be a disruption, so we really took uh, care to make the migration process as smooth as we can. Right, so the fact that 
most of the things are very transferable between the V1 and the V2 is not a coincidence, right? We, we want to keep it that way and we just want to make it a mechanical, you know, change that you change your dependencies, right? You remove the 20 modules that you have now, you substitute it with the one AWS CDK lib module. Yep. Maybe you change some imports in your CDK code and hopefully everything works exactly in V2 as it did in the V1 and you can just uh, sail along smoothly, you know, upgrading uh, easily and no problems happen. So that's, that's what we hope uh, happens. And that's what we try to do with, with V2. And now what about the size of the library and yep. then how you're adding new experimental APIs on top? Absolutely. Yeah. So the size is a huge concern for us. So right now, the entire AWS CDK lib is in the hundreds of megabyte range, which is right. quite hefty, we understand. Uh, and we do have very specific plans on how to reduce it. Most of the size actually comes not from the code itself, but from some of the dependencies of the custom resources that we ship as part of the AWS CDK lib. So uh, some functionality in the CDK uh, is not available natively in CloudFormation. And in those cases, we use a technique in CloudFormation called custom resources, which basically allow you to you know, have a Lambda function, right? That kind of does some basically arbitrary logic and it's part of your CloudFormation stack. Uh, and those, you know, that whole dependency right now is shipped as part of AWS CDK lib. And that's actually what balloons the size to these hundreds of megabytes. So our long-term solution to that is that will be, we'll, we'll decouple the two things. So AWS CDK lib will only ship, you know, the TypeScript JavaScript code that is the core of the library. And those large bundles will be basically hosted, uh, you know, most likely in S3 and downloaded kind of on demand only when Makes you sense. use those custom resources. So Great. definitely yeah. size is, is on our mind and we are working to, to reduce it uh, from what it is today. Great. Yeah. And last part, the experimental modules. Yeah. So this is another actually huge benefit of V2 from the compared to V1. And because of kind of the complicated dependencies between the V1 modules that I mentioned before, that they all had to be in the same version, the experimental modules in V1 had the same version as the stable modules, which is not in accordance with semantic versioning, uh, which many customers expected we would have. And that kind of surprised a lot of people. And they actually sometimes used the experimental modules accidentally. Them right. realizing, hey, this is actually experimental. Uh, right. This can break in the future. So the way we structured it in V2 is the monolithic AWS CDK lib is all stable. So there will be no breaking changes to it made it. Uh, for the entire duration of the V2 major version. Right. And then all of the experimental modules are released separately. So... Uh, they use the same technique for dependencies as we talked about in third-party construct libraries. Uh, so you can use them, uh, you can upgrade their version independently from your version of AWS CDK lib. So, and actually their, their name and their version both contain the word alpha. So we really, really, really want to make sure that it's very clear ah, okay. yep. that these are uh, experimental. So we really hope that this will make it very clear that 
hey, this can have breaking changes uh, in the future. Do you, have there any thought, sorry to put you on the spot here, but is there any <laughs> thought like where you can separate those two that you can iterate faster now because you're not, you already know that you have these core libraries that are more stable. So maybe it's okay to break a little stuff if you're moving quicker. Has there been any thought around that or feedback from the community? Or do you think it's going to be the same cadence? I think it'll be a similar cadence to V1, but just with the added benefit that uh, there will be no confusion whether you separation can... Of, yeah, separation of yeah. concerns, especially if you've got a big enterprise gig uh, and you're worrying about this stuff in production. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I generally, the feedback from customers we got is that it's fine to, to break backwards compatibility some, sometimes, but they need to know what that's what they're signing up for. And that was kind of the pain point with V1 that maybe you didn't check the documentation always and some customers weren't sure where exactly to check for it. And now, you know, with the alpha words in the name and the version of the module, I think it's very, very yeah. clear that, hey, I'm, I'm doing something that might have breaking changes uh, to it in the future. Along those lines of like thinking about future and simplifying things for developers, let's talk a little bit about CDK Watch, which I'm excited about this. Not worrying yep. about constant deploy commands. <laughs> can you talk? Can you talk a little bit about that? Are we going to see more stuff like this? Just simplifying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, CDK Watch is kind of our uh, approach, maybe, or uh, kind of first foray into trying to create an awesome developer experience when when using CDK, specifically geared kind of towards uh, quickly iterating on the version of the CDK, right? Because you know CDK deploy. In general, you might use just for your local copy of the application, just when you're trying things out, or you can use it for your production deployment, right? There's generally uh, no way to differentiate the two. And CDK Watch is very much geared towards, I'm just quickly iterating on this, right? I just want to see the changes as, as quickly as possible. So the watch command, if you've used like the TypeScript compiler or the Jest testing framework in, in JavaScript, you might be familiar with the with the concept. So the idea yeah. is you, you run this command and it runs constantly and it basically observes the files of your project, right? And, you know, in the case of TypeScript, it will invoke compilation. In the case of Jest, it will uh, run the test. But in the case of CDK, it will run CDK deploy for you. So it's just a matter of changing your the code of your CDK application, and then CDK deploy happens the moment you save that file without you having to invoke CDK deploy explicitly. And the one of the cool things also that uh, is part of CDK Watch is that it uses these new hot swap deployments. So nice. the idea here is if you're you know just iterating on your local copy of uh, of the application. And you just changed a small thing about your uh, code. So for example, you just changed the code of your Lambda function. You didn't change anything else about your application, right? Going through the whole CloudFormation deployment for, for such a change, be around you know a minute, maybe more, right? Yeah. But this is actually something super simple. So hot swap deployments kind of implement this shortcut, right? That CDK kind of detects, oh, you only changed the the code of your Lambda function, let me update that Lambda directly without going through the entire CloudFormation deployment. And that happens in literally seconds, right? So much faster kind of this uh, change uh, deploy test 
feedback loop is much shorter uh, using this tool than than going through yeah. the whole cloud formation deployment. Yeah, thank you. And much rejoicing for that one. That's similar <laughs> like uh, uh, cloud formation rollbacks back to stable state. Like that just saves developer time. So yep. thank you so much for, for everything your team's doing. Where can uh, uh, folks find you online? And I'll put sure. this in the show notes. Sure. So I'm uh, on Twitter at Adam underscore Ruka. Uh, and uh, I also have a blog that I sometimes talk about uh, various CDK topics as well. It's at uh, endoflineblog.com. Is that, an, is that a reference to Tron or just uh, being super... Uh, that is not a reference to Tron. To be perfectly oh, honest with cool. you... It would be so much cooler I, for us. No, it I'm probably would be, but I have to be honest, I don't remember why I called it that way. I just remember I had that That's name awesome. in my head for right. like five years before I even started the blog. It's like, well, if I ever start a blog, I'm definitely going to call it end of line. And then That's I perfect. actually forgot what the joke was, but the name the name stuck. So Yeah. <laughs> I used to have a blog back in my Microsoft days called coolstuffwith.net. And I thought <laughs> I, was, I was really smart. Um, Danielle, where can folks find you online? Any links um, that you want me to add in the, in the show notes too? Yeah, so I would give my Twitter, but I haven't tweeted in like years. I'm more of a lurker. I won't. Yeah, I won't link it then. That's fine. <laughs> um, I do retweet things every once in a while, but um, <laughs> uh, and then LinkedIn is probably the easiest place to find me. Um, I'm at LinkedIn. I think the little um, thing behind the URL is Danielle Ray Casera, uh, which includes my middle name. So can add that in the links. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I always hesitate bringing people that are actually building every day on the podcast. I feel like I'm taking you away from doing the important work, but I know the audience loves hearing from all of you and I hope you enjoyed your time too. You're welcome back anytime. I know. It was Thanks great. So thank you so much for, for having us. 